This to make it 28 to 3. Arthur Blank loving it. Up by 25. Tossed away. All right, welcome back to another episode of the 28 to 3 podcast. Uh, today for you, we have a very special guest, uh, Ralph Malbro uh, at Saints Forecast on Twitter. Uh, might I he say, perfect uh, start. Uh, my Wi Fi, he froze up. Oh, this is great. We're not cutting this. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he's there. He's there. Uh, he's, back. he's back. He's back. And a fitting intro there you for. Go. What I might say is an award-winning podcast host. Back to back, back to back. We're dynasty. Louisiana Broadcasters Association, Louisiana Sports Writers Association, Sports Writers Association. Right. right. I clearly uh, double. I clearly double checked that. But back to back, best podcast in Louisiana. Uh, We are man. What did we do to deserve? Ralph's presence tonight, but anyway, that's enough of an intro. <laughs> right. uh, thanks for joining us, man. You're welcome. Uh, we're happy to have you on. Uh, talk Saints here. and whatnot. Uh, you know, I've been following your pod for a while. Love your writing on WWL. Um, shit, y'all talk about bourbon and drinking, so that's always. There you go. Uh, don't don't don't, uh, don't let him talk my- about honey bourbon on the podcast yet. I'm not. I'm. I've. I've. I've kind of like. I've moved away from the the Jack. I've gone to like caramel bourbon. Oh, there we go. And Max, is that better? Bourbon should taste like bourbon. It shouldn't be flavored. (laughs) I mean, or like if I want to drink bourbon, I'll drink like Jefferson. Okay, that's solid. That's solid. Which Mm. is good. Um, you know, it's like in the what is it? The Jefferson's like aged in the ship barrel. I was about to say, is that the aged at sea? It's aged at sea. It's amazing. Um. It'll wreck you though. Like if you aren't like if you aren't a professional, like if you if you're like if you're not a bourbon drinker, the Jeffersons is is like you need to like not start there. But the Jeffersons is it's really good. It's yeah, really I can good. confirm. I definitely enjoy the Jefferson. It's good stuff. <laughs> uh, so, yes. Now Max is giving you the necessary ribbing on the uh, honey bourbon. Yeah. Uh, we know you're used to having people on your podcast and right. you talk to them about everything they've done in their entire life. Uh, so <laughs> hey, it's your lucky day. Uh, you're with us. So uh, it's kind of coincidental, you know, like with you having Gus on right. in this last episode, which I would encourage anybody to listen to. It's ama- it's, um, Gus's stories were freaking me and Gus just talking about buddy. It's I, amazing. It really dude, is. even like right right at the gate, man, like 15 minutes in, I, I couldn't believe some of the stuff y'all are saying, but like uh, one of the things, uh, so Correct me if I'm wrong. So you got your start, or call it, you know, media start, maybe producing for Buddy right. D. I thought that was awesome. That's right. Um, and then so media lasted what from like two thousand two. Yeah, I mean, I had worked era. at WWL TV, and I had like been a desk assistant, and then like I, I. Uh, I didn't get a job that I wanted, so I left there. I still write the column for them, though. And um, yep. I did like Master Control, which Master Control channel channel thirty two in can't like below the 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 UNO branch in Metairie. Like I did Master Control, like that's, I was ho- so horrible at that job because it's all about details and pushing buttons at the right time is not for me. <laughs> uh, but I did that job. Then I, Gus got me the job at WWL producing buddy d and i produced buddy like five days a week but it was but the thing is like it was a part-time job like barely above minimum wage like people don't realize is like all those jobs that you like most of them like if they're not full-time yeah like for like flagship stations of teams there's a there's a line out the door of people that sure. want those jobs so they don't have to pay yeah. like they're just like they'll they think they're cool and they're like, Oh, you do the pregame and the postgame and you produce, but like, so they don't have to pay anything. So it was a so, great job, but I made, I made no money. Like I, I did buddy D's job and I worked like 
Another, <laughs> I worked like two other jobs, including a job for my dad putting in radios and dump trucks at the time. Um, You're telling me that I can't just walk up to the station and say, hey, I know a lot about sports and expect a uh, decent paycheck. And just no, you can't. That doesn't work. You can't. And that's the thing. <laughs> and, and, and like, uh, you know, it was, but it, but here's the thing. It's amazing fun. It's like, it was a great, sure. it was a great job. I worked in Baton Rouge too, uh, doing sports talk radio producing in the morning. That was a little bit better job. I was, I was full time and I actually had health insurance benefits. I think, I think for that job, I worked that job like a year and a half. I think for the year and a half I was there, I looked at like my gross pay. I think I made $22,000 for a year and a half. <laughs> that was in like, that was in like 2001. Oh, man. oh wow. Wow. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. yeah. That's a cool So uh, you, mo- you moved on from that. So that's a real that cool Max? background working for Buddy D. I mean, you know, we all grew up listening to yeah. him with the voice yeah. of the Saints. And, you know, we're a little bit older than Corey. Corey's, yeah. uh, Corey's actually younger than he looks. Well, but uh, let, me, let me just address this real quick for you, Ralph, okay. so you have some context. So I think I'm like six years younger than Max, but Max has this idea that I'm like 20 years younger than him. No, six isn't that uh, much. So, it's when you get closer to but, 10 years younger than a person because then you're- But that's what I'm saying. It, it, it's funny because Max treats it like it's that chasm. <laughs> so every pod, he uses the word diapers. And I'm just like, dude, if I was wearing diapers, when you said I was wearing diapers, I would be- Here's arrested. the thing though. Corey, okay. Corey was actually <laughs> in diapers when the Saints went to their first playoff game. Yeah, I know, that's Ralph, you remember that as well false. as I do. That's and false. Corey doesn't remember it. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Went, oh, went, went to like 87? Yeah. That's, I'd well, have to ask my parents thing, about though, training. That's correct. Here's the thing, though, Max, and this is what I, I, I tell people. Like, I love Saints history, and I, and I know it, and I've read the Saga of the Saints, and I've read the Jeff Duncan book, and I know it. And, like, people don't care about it because the Saints were terrible in the 60s and 70s. It only, it only inter- interests, like, 15 people because it's comedy, right? right? But here's <laughs> well, you're the talking thing to two of them. that I've done with my column is I try to not make any references that are pre-Super Bowl because the hmm. Super Bowl is 14 years yeah. ago. And, like, if you yeah. reference Jason David – there's a chance that like that 23 year old kid that's that's reading like he doesn't know who the fuck Jason David is or like yeah Ricky like if you were born in 1995 that makes you 28 right Ricky Williams right. Ricky Williams might as well be World War right. II you're barely <laughs> alive yeah. so like my thing with 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 saying like I don't. There's a whole generation of, of Saints fans that like don't understand like bad football. I think seven and ten is bad. It's right. not. It's just annoying. It's right. just annoying and cruddy. Um, but it's not terrible. It's not hopeless, right? And they have no recollection of it. And I think it's good. Like I I'm glad that the Saints have committed to winning. And they have a whole generation of Saints fans that don't understand really bad losing. Um but I just think my thing is fans, you, your, your fandom starts whenever you decide to lo- like or love a team. And like, maybe you care about the history before, or maybe you don't. My only thing is like, don't jump on and off. Like right. either you're a Saints fan or you're not. Like I'm a casual Pelicans fan. I buy the league pass. If they win, I'll watch. And I probably watched 70 of their games last year. But my thing is, if they're really bad, I won't really care. Like I'll just be like, oh, Pelicans, they're missing eight guys. Zion didn't play again. They've lost. They they were in first place. Now they've lost 14 of 20. Click, go to bed. Whereas like the Saints, like everybody has their sports pyramid, right? And I care about the Saints, but other things, but like I'm not gonna be like, I'm not gonna be like, I don't like the Pelicans anymore. I'm gonna root for Golden State or but anyway, that's my thing on fandom. And I think you just got to – fans, you just got to meet them where they are. And there's a whole generation of Saints fans like like the Hazlitt years, man. If you're tw- if you're 23 years old, if you were born in 2000, if you were born the year they won their first playoff game, the Hazlitt years yeah. mean absolutely nothing to you. Nothing. 
Yeah. But we can talk we about we can talk about Billy that Joe's. or we can talk about whatever you want. I'm on my I'm on my high. The Billy Joe's every well, you other know what, episode. <laughs> and, I'm glad uh, you I'm glad yeah. you brought that up because um, you know with the advent of Twitter and now you know there's such a great community in, on Saints Twitter, and we've seen this almost separation in the generations. You know, Ralph Ralph and I and, and Nick, who's at, unfortunately right. isn't on the pod tonight. He's our uh, third guy. Um, he's on a, a work trip, so I wish he was here because he is as much of a Saints historian. As you are, Ralph, you know, mm-hmm. and I've, I've read your column over the years, gone back and forth with you on Twitter now, probably since probably 2008 <laughs> to 2009. So I've got a good idea of uh, your stance on a lot of things. But there really yeah. is a big divide between, I guess, the, the old head Saints fans and, and the That's newbies, right. you know, the ones who have only been alive for the prosperous, prosperous seasons, you know, where we're winning. And, man, I mean, yeah. we noticed growing up as a Saints fan is fucking right. torture. You know, year after yeah. year, even after the, uh, the yeah, Dome Patrol days, it was brutal. I mean, and even yeah, and, I, and yeah. even for like I'm 47, like I'm just old. I don't. Hey, like, I'm 45. I'm right behind you. I'm yeah. So whatever. I'm I'm 47. I have a seven year old. He's going to be wheeling me to his high school graduation. <laughs> it's another story though. So like, here's the thing. I'm 47, and and the Saints. Even though we joke about them being terrible, like my whole life, they haven't really been bad. Like you look at them, I started watching them like 84, 85. So like that was the end of bump. But you look at the Saints since 87, they went three and 13 the last year, Mora. They went three and 13 in the last year, Ditka. And they went three and 13 in Katrina, which we can even pretend that didn't happen. Right. So you have right. since 1987, season. that's how many years? Like 97, 2007, 20. That's like 36 years. You have three years of less than six wins. So like the floor yeah. for the Saints is kind of like just below mediocre. Like the Saints have never had this extended stretch of awful. Like their biggest extended stretch of awful is the end of Mora to in the Ditka, right? Where Moore was churning out seven and nine, fell off a cliff, quit, got fired, three and thirteen. Yeah. Dicka six ten, six ten, three and thirteen. So like the nineties were were mostly bad because they didn't make the playoffs, but it wasn't like horrible. It, it wasn't like extended horribleness like Cleveland, right? You know? Yeah. Well, I was gonna say like when you talk about that, it makes me think of uh, the. You go for me, I go back to the age at which I can remember the games. Mm-hmm. And so I was lucky enough, and we'll get into the Saints history part of it. But you know, my grandfather was an, uh, an original season ticket holder. And so when I, I think it was, I turned like two and a half. Mm-hmm. So we've all referenced our ages. So I'm 38. So I kind of fall into this middle ground of, of where, sure, the first game I ever went to may have been that 87 season or 88. Mm hmm. But the first games I can remember, have memories of, were like the Dome Patrol, the playoff teams of 90, 91. I mean, Morton Anderson was my favorite player growing up. Uh, I used to tell people that I, in fact, was Morton Anderson. I was like brainwashed as a kid to believe it. <laughs> and But so I got in. They, 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 they took me in. They sucked me in. And then... From then on, you got into your uh, Mora's last year's sucking Ditka, the Billy Joes, you know, so it's like you're saying, like, before Peyton, you know, you're either remembering the pre-Mora days, Mm -hmm. but if not, if you started following the team post-Mora, you, and pre-Peyton, the Saints have given you ample opportunity to witness (laughs) a team that sucks at some point. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and you know, I, experience the bad days. And I mean, th- listen, at, at moments in 2022, it was as bad. I mean, they were four and nine at one point. That's yeah. as bad as yeah. it could be, pretty much. I mean, like when they hit the bottom, like well, I yeah. think the Tampa game made them four and nine. And it was like, okay, they yeah. just lost in the most horrific fashion. Is and this it, it go- felt bad too? Is this going to death spiral? And are they going to go four and thirteen? And are we going to have to talk about getting Dennis Allen up out of here? Because 
listen, that Monday night loss to Tampa, which, you know, people said, people asked me, like, what's the high point and the low point of the 2022 Saints? And I said, the Tampa game Monday night, because for 55 minutes, it was a party. Like, Tampa had gone, you know, we were just dominating Tom Brady. Even the first game, they only scored, what, a couple of points on on offense, right? So we're like, they haven't scored a touchdown at home. Tom Brady hadn't scored a touchdown at home against the Saints yet, like, into that Monday night game. We were going, like, you were going, like, what, 11 quarters, almost 12, like this. It was a party. Like, we were, like, throw another iPad, Tom. This is, throw another (laughs) surface pedal. This is fucking great and it all came apart and and people are like that's weird i'm like how can you say that's the best and the worst because i'm like because for you know for three hours and 10 minutes because it was a monday night game it was a party and it just fell apart like that you know yeah yeah kind of like a it's almost reminding me of uh that the the john carney missed oh god Hey, look, I'm going to blame Ralph on this one. You know, it's like there's – but the, or I, actually, you know, I, I don't blame Ralph. I blame the Saints because we are a team that actually has somehow figured out a way to give us the best and worst moment of a season within like two minutes yeah, the, of game. The, the, the Jacksonville, <laughs> the, the River City Relay or whatever you want to call it, and Cardi's yeah. missed extra point. If you want if – you, if you're like – if somebody who's not, not a sports fan, you're like, I'm a crazy – Saints fan. And they're like, well, that's cool. Explain it to me. I would just, <laughs> I would just show them that. I would just, show right. them. I'm like, yeah. this, yeah. this, enca- this encapsulates the entire Saints fan experience. This right here, the highest yeah. high, the lowest low. And you just are like, I, how, how, how is this possible? Yeah, it was absolutely brutal yeah. to watch in person. And I, I don't even want to, there's so many stories that came from that uh, two minute sequence. Because remember, there was a little bit of time after he scored the touchdown and then they went on the field to kick the extra point. It was probably about two minutes of actual real time and awful, awful. You know, the, the thing is with that though, is like people don't remember this. Even if they had won, like it wouldn't have mattered. Like they wouldn't have made, they, they just would have gone to the next week and had a chance to make the playoffs. But even if they beat Jacksonville and they won the next week, like they wouldn't have made the playoffs. Like, right. It ended up being inconsequential, which yeah. I think people, but there was hope. Just the moment there was, was hope so, in that yeah, moment. Fucking dramatic. Well, it's just like one of the ridiculous plays in NFL history. Yeah. And just to, yeah. Well, let, let's, let's move past the past and, uh, you know what? Let's get more into your past with Saints Happy Hour. Tell us about how the podcast came to be. You know, I've been listening to it off and on for a few years now. Um, yeah. Kevin, uh, went to the same college as me. So that's kind of what got me in on it, going back and forth with you guys yeah. on Twitter. And, uh, you know, always had a good conversation with Kevin about wrestling. And then I saw he was part of the yeah. podcast with you guys. And that was kind of what, well, to me, Kevin. It's me and Kevin who started it. We did it. We started in like 2007, I think. We started on Blog Talk Radio. Okay. And we just will do it. And, you know, at first we'd have like 20, 25 people. It was just nobody was listening. And uh, at the time I was living in California and Kevin, I think, was still in New Orleans maybe. And, you know, we were just doing it and – and um, and then we we did it. and We kind of got to where we would get a couple hundred. But I was like, man, we gotta we gotta we gotta get this out more. We gotta and, and like you know at that time I didn't get on Twitter till like 2011. I think I checked my or, or X. I don't know what you, you fucking call it now. <laughs> yeah, I guess um, X now. But like I didn't get on. So, so like I was like, listen, I write the column for WWL, but like they don't want to put the link in because it's weird. And like I'm like, we gotta. Get it out. We got to figure out a way to like get people to listen to this because like having 50 people listen, who cares? So like I got on Canal Street Chronicles and I just contacted Dave and I was just like, hey, Dave, you got Canal Street Chronicles. Like come on with us and it'll give you content and you could post the link. And he was like – because, you know, Dave, that was back when Dave was – editing Canal Street Chronicles, in charge of it, running it. Have to, you have to have content every day. In a blog, it's a nightmare to try to get content every day. So he's like, cool. Yeah. So we started it. 
and we did it and it was it was fun you know we did block talk radio we would do it after the game uh i think right we would either do it right after the game or we would do it um you know sunday night monday night and um then andrew came along and i i started reading andrew's grades because of canal street chronicles i was like his grades are really good like he writes them that are like they're funny and they're interesting and they're not just like for tape nerds and i was like let's have him on and he would come on like once a month and then he just started i was like you know what just you're you get along with us we we have a good connection just come on all the time and we did that but the thing that really changed it for us was one we got lucky in that we started early like they didn't have really podcasts or that sort of thing and we went over to podbean really early like 2000 probably nine or probably no i think i think we did we were still doing blog talk um in 2009 when they won the super bowl if i remember right i think so i'm not 100 yeah. sure but we went to podbeam shortly after that and the but the thing that changed it for us was bounty gate oh man because we used to, mm. we used to be like hey what a, what a time to be alive the Saints season is <laughs> over you know we would go through the season the playoffs would happen we might go like through the super bowl even if they lost, you know, in 2000, we'd do a couple more. But we'd be like, hey, the playoffs are over. Like, we'll be back with you sometime around, like, when the Saints do something in free agency and maybe for the draft, right? Because we're like, fuck it. We don't, you can't do a podcast every week. Come on. That's insane. Like, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> and then Bounty Gate happened. And we're like, well, shit, we gotta, they're going to suspend Peyton. They're like, they're going to nuke the saints from orbit like we gotta do we gotta do a podcast and so yeah. we would be we're like hey we're gonna do a special us. one maybe we'll do one a couple. and like the thing with bounty gate was every week something would happen it was first it was they're gonna do you know they're gonna they're gonna drop the bomb and then they, they might, might suspend sean payton then it's pamphlon the the tape came out right and then they they were gonna suspend payton for the year and then they were gonna suspend the players and the players were fighting with tag so like we had content like every week and i was yeah fuck like we're doing this <laughs> we're doing this podcast and like like we got like 2500 people listening to this shit because i i'm like Damn. i think we're the only one doing this you know what? and so, that was a yeah. magical time got- for twitter and for your yeah. pod because i yeah. remember that's probably the earliest yeah. i remember going back and forth with you and andrew and kevin on twitter was during Bounty Gate, mm-hmm. and then you know, I and Reed Dominic. wrote a book on Bounty Gate. Yeah, like you know, they had Reed on regularly. So you know, uh, Angry Hoodad, Ralph, for Angry you, Hudad, uh, who was uh, big on the yeah. uh, the Saints Twitter scene back in back in those days, and kind of backed off a little bit. You know, Dominic, he and I got to be friends on a uh, trip to Denver. I think it was the twenty, it was the Bounty yeah. Gate season, twenty twelve season. We met in Denver and, and ended up having a good time and got to be friends after that. But that was the heyday. Of Saints Twitter, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, and and well, people were like thirsty for it back then because it's like (laughs) now it was like the opposite of what it is now. Now it's kind of like there's this market saturation, or it's just flooded with, you know, like it's like when Max and Nick and I were talking about doing this pod. uh, Like I said, we're 17 episodes in. One of the first, yeah, we pro and con everything. One of the biggest cons was like, are we going to be just another pod? And it was like, well, we have a pretty fucking cool name. Yeah. Okay. So, we had <laughs> so we're horrible, gonna have that. We had a horrible but, name. We had a horrible name <laughs> but, to start. But we I think when, come out, come out. What was your name? Yeah. I think um, our first name was the the Saints Forecast because that was my name in my column at WWL, which is awful. But I think that's good for that's you. Good for I mean, yeah. yeah. For like and then we did. Then we did the chronic because we thought we would tie it into Canal Street. Uh, that's that's that bad. Awesome. That's bad. <laughs> that was how many, how many potheads did you get like coming in being like, "Where's the, where's the real the, content?" The dope talk. <laughs> um, that we did that, and I want to say we had another name iteration where like I paid like a Fiverr person to like do graphics, and they were so terrible. Like we did a, we were going to do a whole off season show and just Dave and Kevin and Andrew were like, this is the worst fucking graphic I've ever seen. It's baby shit green. It looks like, it looks like a toddler's T-ball and they vomited on it. So like then like, yeah. we got to, we finally got to Saints happy hour. Um, but our name, like our name is 
Jonah know, is fantastic. No, it's the it best one out there, in my opinion. Right. And I want to I want to give you guys a shout out for that because it's my favorite name yeah. for a Saints related podcast. <laughs> and I, I, we went to high, oh, I went to high school with a few guys that started the uh, the Dome Patrol podcast, which, in my opinion, is also a really good name. But uh, I think Saints Happy Hour yep. perfectly captures the spirit of what you guys do and who you are. Yeah. And, you know, just the, That's the craziness, the shenanigans of it. And it, it's, it's a perfect name for you guys. I, lo- I love it. Yeah. The, and the problem with the Dome Patrol, yeah. the Dome Patrol for, for like you, Max, and me, it's like, oh, Dome Patrol, it's like our childhood, right? We get, but again, like Dome Patrol, it's like, Eh, if you're 30, you're like, right. Eh, right. NFL, yeah, there's a whole NFL film clips. And the thing about NFL films is NFL films is great, but they're really great stuff. I don't think like the reason that NFL films became so gigantic, in my opinion, was when I was a kid, ESPN had, they had to fill 24 hours, seven days a week. So like on Saturday and Sunday night, they would just play NFL films after primetime and after Sports Center from like 11 to 5 in the yep. morning. And like Super Bowl week, they would just play old Super Bowl. And I remember as a kid, I'd like, God, I just, I want the Saints to have their 30 minute Super Bowl highlight. That's a dream of mine. And like that made it now NFL films, yeah, they do the Super Bowl thing and they do other things, but they don't do those same sort of for send of voices. I don't I don't think it I don't think it reaches people quite like it did. Um you know, so um Yeah. I mean, well, it was like in, you would anticipate the NFL films back in the that's day right. as pre-streaming. And so it's kind of like if you saw NFL team films talking about your team, you're like, whoa, Sable's gonna like mention our team's name and that's right. The next video clip. I gotta watch the like, yearbook. Oh, they gotta they make that uh, three and thirteen seem amazing. Yeah, and, and you know what? Yeah, um, I know. I know we're pressed for time here. Um, no, we can go. We can. We can go. I'll. I'll just. Uh, I'll just. I'll, we can go to ten thirty. I'll. I'll give y'all thirty no, minutes. No, that's out. awesome. Man. I can. <laughs> I'm having too much fun. And listen, I'll just. I just. I'm yeah, just gonna pound. Co- I'll just pound coffee in the morning. It'll be fine. There we go. No, I'm, look, I'm in the same hey, boat as you. I've got a big be- meeting at uh, <laughs> eight in the morning in Ponchatoula, which is a pain in my ass to drive away. But yeah, gross. No, we appreciate you staying on. Yeah. Um, I want to get your thoughts on two players in particular, Jimmy Graham, Alvin Kamara. You know, give me just a quick little synopsis on what you think about the return of Graham and then also Kamara going across the Goodell and doing his thing. All right, I'll start with Jimmy Graham because here's the thing. I'll die on this hill. The Jimmy Graham trade was a fucking travesty. A travesty. All right, the Saints – Traded a Hall of Fame tight end for a really nice center. Who the fuck does that? You could have just gone and signed Alex Mack if you wanted a center. Like, don't tell. Oh, they. And it didn't even fix the offensive line. And you wasted the first round pick. You fixed. Jesus. You fixed. You fixed. Well, they definitely wasted the draft pick. You fixed nothing. And don't. And I hate the thing of. Well, at the time, it was good value. What the fuck do I care that you got a first-round pick if you set it on fire? Like, that's of no concern to me as a Saints fan. All I care about is the -the on-the-field product. So it was a disaster and a travesty, and I hate it. And the thing is, Jimmy Graham, we have some, as we like to say in our podcast, we have some sources on our podcast. Jimmy Graham, (laughs) the Saints... They thought that thing was done in 2018. They thought it was done. He was, they felt great. Jimmy, even Drew Brees kind of hinted at it on a WWL interview. They thought it was done. They thought he was coming. They thought he was coming coming back. Yeah. They thought he was coming back. And Green Bay blew them out of the water. Like the Saints, yeah. I think it was like the Saints offered like three years, like twenty one or to twenty four million, with like fourteen million guaranteed. Green Bay gave three years thirty, with like Jeez. I want to say over twenty million guaranteed. And, they came, and, Gra- yeah, and they, Graham they ended up, up making up, making damn near all of it for Green Bay. Yeah. So yeah, so like yeah. the Saints kind of wanted him back. And here's the thing: Jimmy Graham was as fun. Of a Saints players with 
not the best. Oh, but yeah. his peak was just a force Prime of time. nature that was incredibly fun. And I'm happy that he's come back because Green Bay, the Bears, Seattle, they never loved him like we right. loved him. So if he comes back, yeah. if he comes back and catches probably like the dream season for Jimmy Graham this year is probably 20, 20 to 25 catches and like six touchdowns where, where it's just like, it's, yeah. it's just like, Oh, it's first and goal from the eight it's time. It's Jimmy time. And like, it's just a nice farewell. Like we'll feel great about it. Whereas if he had gone somewhere else, if he had gone to Miami and done the same thing, they'd be like, whatever. And you know what? Got to get another type. We're like, we'll be emotional at the end of it. Like right. the end of this year. Like, and I, that's, so, yeah. so Jimmy Graham, I'm, I'm excited. And one thing there's the saints winning is the best thing, but there's almost the second, my second favorite saints thing is the saints news that just drops out of the sky. Like oh, yeah. you didn't have totally unforeseen, you didn't have the Nick <laughs> Underhills and the, Schefters and the Ian Rappaport saying like Jimmy Graham he's visiting the Saints he's going to work out maybe it'll work out maybe we could have a reunion we didn't have any of that yeah I love the fact that we didn't have the don't let him leave the building yeah line. we didn't have any of it. you know there's it it's always just, a line don't let him leave the building I'm like well, are we, well, hold are on, we hold on. there was a like, one <laughs> random person on Reddit who about a week that before like he's in town. posted yeah, Jimmy Graham is going to sign with the Saints because I sent it to Corey and Nick. And they're both, you know, well, like, yeah, whatever. And then it happens, and we look at it, and we're like, holy fuck. I came out of a meeting, and I was in like a like a two, two-and-a-half-hour work meeting, and I come out, and I see Jimmy Graham trending. And I have like 40 notifications. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit, did Jimmy Graham die? <laughs> But he didn't die, and and I was just like, wow. But it didn't shock me because this is a plug for our show. Like in our Discord, Andrew Juge has really good sources. Oh, I'm in there. I hear him. Juge the man. I like it. Juge has really yeah, good sources good. in the Saints building. And he, last year in the summer, he's like, Saints are going to sign Jimmy Graham. Like they want, they both want it to happen. Uh, they feel good about it. He's going to come in. He's going to do a work. Like it's going to happen. Like it's like it's agreed. And it never, it never did. And we, yeah. we, gave, we gave him shit over it in the Discord. But then it happened this year. And I mean, we'll see. I, I, I'm just excited about it. I, I feel good stories yeah. like that make me happy. So we'll see. And and you get the jersey repurposed. Oh, yeah. well, let me let me say yeah. this about Graham to and expand I, I, on your point earlier. Yeah. If Graham stays in New Orleans for the entirety of his career, we are talking about him like we talk about Tony Gonzalez. Because he would put up fifteen thousand yards. He, he never put got traded. 125 right. touchdowns on the board and be up for the greatest tight end ever. He might, he might get there anyway. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. He's in. He's somewhere between fifth and eighth in every major category. He's going to get there. He's going to get there. But if he find, I think he might need to find a way to get two seasons with us. Yeah, I mean, to maybe be a, a sure bet. But but also on a more positive note, with Jimmy signing, like your story, Ralph, it's. It, this signing without any advance notice, right. it almost created a, uh, it's like a, a, where were you moment? That's right. Like all these historic moments in time. Like I remember exactly where I was when, so like, you know, I talked to my, my, my younger brothers, two and a half years younger than me. And I'm on a group text with him and one of my best buddies from, mm-hmm. from high school, Eric. And, uh, they, he, my, they know been doing the podcast. And so they sent a text to our, our, uh, my brother sent a text to mm-hmm. the group text with the two of us and I hadn't seen anything yet. I'm driving to work and he goes, are y'all doing an emergency podcast on Jimmy? <laughs> and I'm like, wait, there's only one Jimmy you'd be talking about. And why the fuck would, would we be doing an emergency podcast? So I immediately go to Twitter and just could not believe, you know, I'm driving and I'm just like, my first thought was like, like, I'm like, you know, this is awesome. But like, why do yeah. they need Jimmy Graham? We got, we got tight ends, like right. Like I'll love it no matter what. I mean, you could you yeah. could tell me, I don't know, any position of not need, 
<laughs> like we signed some nostalgic hey, guy. Great, with it. Blood your quarterback but, uh, with weapons. You know. That's what it's all about. And blood by the way, yeah, why not? he looks he looks thinner and faster. Yeah. Like he was He said he's dropped some weight. He, yeah. he was very big and still pretty good with green. And he had some decent years with the Bears, but he looked very big and clunky. With the oh, Saints, yeah. He definitely got he big and clunky. Thinner for sure. and more fluid. Well, in his words. So he in, mentioned it in his, his media availability. He, he said, you know, he mentioned two names. One he worked out with when he was with us. He's like, I worked out with Vilma when I was here. And I was a bit, he said it straight up. He said, I was a big meathead. And he said, since then, I've spoken with guys like Tony Gonzalez <laughs> and guys who have, who have elongated their career talking to them about what they do. And so what Jimmy said he was doing now, I mean, it's a, it was in his interview. Anybody could find this out. But, I mean, believe it or not, I don't have like an inline to, to Jimmy. But, <laughs> but it was, no, he's like, he said he's been, he was cycling like hundreds of miles a week You'd, on the bike and doing yoga yeah. and like other stuff, which, look, fine, good. Like, I don't, we don't need him ruining his tendons and yeah. being a meathead. Like, and so, so like, I think of the drawback, and some people are like, well, okay, so you're saying it's going to be a situational red zone guy. How is that a drawback? So if you're inside That's the 20, no, no, hear me, no, hear me out. Like, it's just like when we put Taysom in, uh, if we've been throwing, 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 and then all of a sudden Taysom lines up in power formation, like they know what we're doing. So if Jimmy's situational in the red zone, there's a potential drawback of like, well, Jimmy's in, they're clearly going to throw to him. But it's like, fine, fine. You can, to me, I'm like, you can know that we're throwing to him because if you want to key in on him, well, guess who else we have on the yeah, field? Yeah, exactly. Mike Thomas, AK, like you name it. it, it it's a, it's like Max said, flood your guys with weapons. I love that they just, even if he's situational only, that's good. That's a good thing. That's right. You know? And so well, well, and we'll that's where I'm at. On Ralph, it. let's <laughs> get your thoughts on Alvin Kamara talking to Goodell and uh, I guess in, oh, in under the like world. Or- sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> Like Alvin, Alvin, <laughs> listen, I love you, but you struggled when you were talking to the police in Vegas. Like, I just, <laughs> like, can you just send Goodell, like, a nice, like, outline of the points? I feel like Alvin is, he thinks he, he, he thinks he can talk his way in and out of everything because he's really smart and smart people are like that, but... I worry that Alvin's going to talk himself into like eight games. He's not, he's not well, going to be he, reduced. It's going to go up. It's definitely a risk. I think that uh, we were, Max and I were talking about this. I mean, like, so it, it so happens my profession is that of an attorney. Uh-oh. Uh oh. My first three years out of law school, I was a, a prosecutor in Orleans Parish. And that is what it is. But when I saw the charges come out, I was like, well, yeah, before we knew much more, I was like, well, that could be anything. And then more came out, like you said, his difficulty speaking with police, AKA incriminating the fuck out of himself. And video. like the video of him in, in, in the, the, the Uber, whatever it was saying how like all the things that he did specifically. And yeah. so I got like kind of a, a twofold. It's like, A, you know, if he doesn't volunteer, well, first off, I think anything that you hear that quote Alvin is doing with regards to his discipline or anything, even offshooting of his disciplinary criminal proceedings is driven by his lawyer mm-hmm. for one, like that guy's still in the payroll. Like let's not pretend that he got the criminal charge settled and that, that guy's just gone. I mean, cause the lawyer's job I'll say on the criminal side, after everything that came out to get it down from <laughs> A felony charge to what they did was master. I mean, he had, but what that he had Tony you know, Busby. What that does, so yeah. Like, so I mean, that's what the that bad. does. That though, is it like creates a, a situation. Dollar house in River Oaks for a reason. Yeah, it, it now creates a situation where the fans are thinking, "Oh, well, the charges got dropped to a no contest misdemeanor, so yeah, suspension won't be that bad." Well, now in comes the dark side. Here comes Darth Vader and Roger Goodell. And I think this, I think his lawyer knows that. I think his Saints know that. And so they know that the NFL's got that wonderful policy that says, we don't care what your charges were. We don't care what you pled to. We judge the conduct ourselves. And yeah, you're going to get a trial with Roger Goodell. And then if you want to appeal, well, then you're going to appeal it to uh, 
Roger Goodell. That's right. Wait, don't I get a mediator first? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We'll give you an independent arbitrator, but it still goes to Goodell. That's right. You know, so it's like I'm. That's why I'm, my prediction on it is a six game at the initial, and then they're going to come back to four. I think it's going to be, um, but four, and it'll go to three. I hope so. I hope so. But I think he's like getting ahead of it. You know, it's like the just thing do it is, now. Just for me, is I want it, Max and Corey. I want it done. And I want the suspension to start at the beginning of the year. And this is why. Yeah. And this is why. Because if if it's if it's not locked in at the beginning of the year, my Saints doom and gloom in me, my worry is that Goodell is gonna drop that suspension Playoffs. the week that Jamal Williams has a yeah. calf injury. Kendra Miller, Kendra Miller Miller has an ankle and we're like, oh shit, we got to go into this month of games. It's Eno Benjamin time and we're trying to win. You took the word. We're trying to win a division title. No, no. Just, just give me my, give give me my three, four weeks, whatever it is. Let's roll it out. Yeah. Get it done. uh, September. Yep. Get through it. Get on the way. You know what? Let me. The one Hold one on, of boy. the alerts one of the alerts I don't want to see this year is I don't want to see the alert that says Saints activate Eno Benjamin off the practice squad in a week. Hold on, no, no, hold on, hold on. Here, here's a thought I have: I would rather see six see games from week one through six than see four games from weeks uh, what fourteen through seventeen or thirteen through seventeen, whatever it is. Or like it would be probably like like eight to That's twelve, a good point. right? Right, but my, my point is though, give oh, yeah. me yeah. I'll take more games that he's out front. Because our guys are I don't healthy. Think be, I don't think it's gonna be six. I don't think so either, but I would take an extra one to have it up front. You know what I mean? I think three Yeah, and I think three four. That's why I think he's under the direction of counsel or at least people that are looking out for his bottom line by doing what he's doing. Cause like, like Dennis Allen said, I mean, they didn't hear anything from the league office after the plea went down. And so I think him going, going in him, going into the lion's mouth is like, can we just do this? (laughs) Just, just, just fucking put me to the gallows. Now, Raj, like don't drop this on me when my backup goes down. Let's go. Let's do it. So I think it's what it is. It is so what it we'll is. See. But uh, let's move on to some more, I guess, happier thoughts. Let's see, Ralph, what are your thoughts on training camp so far? Week one, I think we're, what, six I, or seven practices in? We're six or seven practicing Andres Pete. Uh, well, I mean, we knew that. That's not news. We all knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah, that was happening. Yeah. <laughs> Lewis, no one saw that Lewis coming. sign more guards. You already Trey Turner and Andres <laughs> Pete already yeah. signed more guards. You don't have enough. He's like playing one of those um, iPhone video games. Uh, guards i'm excited for training camp um the thing that excites me um besides ken kendra miller won me a ton of money college football like i bet i'm a degenerate <laughs> gambler and ten, t, tcu won me hey. a, t, tcu kept me from having a horrible year gambling wise and huh. i like kendra kendra miller was a big reason of that so i'm just completely biased towards him i admit i admitted that on draft night i'm like i have deep love and bias for him. Um, and he's apparently looked good. He looked good today in pads. So I'm excited for that. Um, yeah. My thing with the Saints is is you look at them and I just think Derek Carr is going to be Derek Carr. So he's going to be anywhere from like the ninth to like 14th best quarterback, probably. Maybe you get something really special and he's better, but that's probably where he's going to end up. This offense is going to be okay. Olave is going to be great. Shahid's going to be great. Michael Thomas, we'll see what we get of him. But you have Moreau and you have Juwan Johnson and you have the running backs we talked about. The offensive line, they can just not have injuries, which <laughs> they already are having them. Um, but Trevor Penning's back, yeah. so that's okay. I think this team, it's going to come down to if they are – are they going to be a fighting for a playoff spot team or are they going to be a special team? I think it comes down to their older guys on defense – can they get like one more year out of those guys? Cam Jordan, Teron Matthew, Demario Davis, those guys. But more so than that, offensive line is the defensive line to me because because hmm. because Dennis Allen basically was like 
Davenport, get out of here. Onyemata, get out of here. You ain't been good since you got off the juice. Like they redid the whole defensive line. They brought in Colin Sanders. Um, they brought in Brissy. Br- um, they brought in the guy from the Jets whose name I always blank on. Nathan Shepard. Um, Shepard. Nathan Shepard. Yeah. Until so they have those guys, can Cam Jordan give them what he's always given them? Just be that veteran seven to eight sack guy. Carl Granderson is a guy. He has taken the Dennis Allen mantra to heart of like, Dennis Allen is like, if you can't set the edge, you don't play. That's it. Right. And Carl yeah. Granderson is like, okay, I got to bulk up. He set, he's, he's learned to play run defense. His pass rushing hasn't kind of progressed, but he's a guy. Look, his off the field stuff is, it's, 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 it's bad. It's bad. Um, but he's yeah. a guy, listen, and in the NFL, if you get 10 sacks, you get paid. If he gets to seven to oh, 10 yeah. sacks, he's going to get paid. Uh, you know, so Peyton Turner well, looks uh, better. Peyton, if, yep. if they can get something out of Peyton Turner and something out of Granderson, you get, uh, Cam Jordan to be good. I think the really the key, Foskey, I think is going to take a little bit of time, but I think the guy that's the key is Brissy. Because I, I'm not a tape eater. I admit that. I, do, I don't watch tape and I don't do that. I gamble. So that's how I, I watch big teams <laughs> or bad teams and I gamble. And that's how I like, like my three guys that I said, I said, I said Bryce Young, I said Bijan Robinson, and I said Laporta, the tight end from oh, oh, Iowa. Those are my three guys that are like locks. They're going to be good. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. But Brissy is a guy that I looked at when I watched Clemson. I think he, Potentially, come November, people are going to be like, "How the fuck did he fall to 25? Because he what he was the number one. Right, yeah, he was the number one high school player yeah. in America. So that means he has elite physical skills. Because in high school, Max and and Corey, you know this. Like high school, they don't really even care about production. Right. They just look at it. Right. height, weight, speed, right. measurables, all those things, and they're like, "You, we will sculpt you. Do you have the physical skills?" And he was the best of the best, like Jalen Carter from Georgia type physical skills. And he would have been a top 15 pick, but he had the year from hell. His little sister yeah. dies. He gets strep throat. He gets enough. I forget what it was. Some sort of liver infection and gains like 30 pounds in the hospital. Yeah. His, it was definitely non-football. Yeah. And like his tape stuff. was dreadful, but he got it together. Like he is potentially a steal. And to me, that's going to decide whether the Saints are still fun and like grinding between like eight, nine, ten wins. But if the defensive line is rocking and rolling, their schedule sucks, and the NFC sucks, and that's gonna that's yeah. gonna be the difference between ten wins and like thirteen wins. Because because there's a lot of teams that like a seven win team can turn into a ten win team. Just by like, you know, look at the Saints last year. Well, we were one of them, as right? I would say. Like yeah. the, the 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 Tampa, the second Tampa game that gets you to eight. The Minnesota game, the doink, you know, that gets you to nine, right? And yeah. then suddenly you're you're nine and eight, and you're winning the South. So like the difference between a seven and a ten win team is not that much. But I would argue the difference between a ten win team or ten win team and a twelve win team is a lot. And that's where that defensive line defensive line is gonna need to like they're gonna need to get stuff. But the thing is for the Saints, give them credit. Like they did not fuck around. They didn't they didn't try to Which I love to see. It would have been easier to be like, hey David Onyamata, we'll pay you. We'll lower that cap number. Hey Marcus Davenport, we'll pay you. We'll lower that cap number. No. They're like, get them out of here. And they rebuilt the thing. Real quick, because I know Max has a thought, but uh I was worried because what was the theme going from uh, last, the year before last year to last year? All we heard was stability mm-hmm. and consistency, and we're keeping Carmichael. We're keeping we're keeping the gang together, so we don't have to yeah. withstand as much with the Sean Payton leaving. So I was worried, like, fuck, this team is worried about stability. That means we're going to keep the trash, you know. And it was so refreshing to see them to see what. You just said, yeah. Happened. Let me let me say this. So my initial thought, the pivot point for this team going into 2023 is the offensive line. In my opinion, that's the number one thing because it's, mm-hmm. it's they're injury prone to begin with. 
you know, we got Trevor Penning, who is a giant question mark at this point due to injury and coming from a small school. Um, you know, Andrews Pete always hurt. We've touched on that. Eric McCoy, probably the solid rock of the unit. Then you go over to the right guard, Cesar Ruiz. Last year, relative to everybody else, he had an up year, but let's see if he can maintain it. And then Ramchek, who honestly hasn't been Ramchek for the last couple of years due to injury. You know, he, he hasn't performed at that top all-pro level that he was at before. But Ralph brought up a great point about the defensive line. You know, the Saints did recognize there was an issue. And look, I've been sort of following Brise since he was in high school. You know, I love watching the uh, the, the, the five-star mm-hmm. guys, kind of keeping an eye on him and seeing where to go. Hey, Peter. But look, Corey, <laughs> we had Roman on the pod, and, you know, he talked about yeah, he, he has a great, great insight. insight. Yeah. One of his buddies was a coach over at Clemson, and he was telling us about how this guy was saying, you know, Brise was the best player on the team his freshman yeah, year. Right. That team had future first pick in the draft, Trevor Lawrence, it had my favorite running back in the past probably five years from college football in uh, Travis Etienne. This team was loaded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This coach tells Roman Harbour that yeah. the best player on the team the as a freshman was Brian Brzee. It's crazy. It's kind of like the opposite of what Garland said about uh, what's a guy from a St. Martin. Garland Barry. Because uh, Garland was uh, – Garland Gillen was on our pod last recording, Ralph, and uh, he was saying how – guy like Harlan Berry, who's now the newly anointed number one recruit, not just running back. I'm right? not sure Max, to be honest with you. I do know he's the number yeah. one running back Either in way, the he's, country. He, he's, a, he's a number one something in the country, which is impressive. He elected to stay at a 1A school instead of go to a bigger name. And so he's the number one at a 1A school where he's r- running over, you know, middle school <laughs> size guys. Right. So to hear about Brise, what Max is saying it's like and it's also like you're saying Ralph it's like we don't eat the tape but the tape don't lie you know you gotta all you gotta do is watch this dude once and you're just like yeah that's that's different yeah like that's like he's a guy that like if he stays injured you'll be like eh, you whiffed but I would much rather when you're picking at 29, take the guy that's got the tremendous upside. Then, like, yeah. th- there's there's picks that you make at like like a uh, Roman Harper. He's a he was a great Saints player, Saints like Saints Hall of Famer, played for a ton of years, Super Bowl champion, all of it. But like, he was a guy that like they drafted him, and you were like, he's kind of ready made, right. and like gonna be what he is, <laughs> yeah. and that's cool. And he was like, it was like plug and play. Yeah. He does these things. He does other things not as well. This is what you get. And it's like, yep, he was exactly what we wanted. To quote Dennis Green, he was who we yeah, thought. Yeah, exactly. Was. And like, proceed. Shout out to Roman. Love you, bro. Much more <laughs> variation. But to me, and Max, I know we don't, we're, short, we're getting short on time, but the thing that I'll say that I'm not going to push too much back against you saying the offensive line is the key because here's the thing with Derek Carr is Drew Brees – and his like certain quarterbacks, like they'll make the offensive line. And Drew Brees was like, you saw it with the Saints, where he would just be like, "Okay, you guys can't block. I'm I'm not taking six sacks today. I'm not. Like if I gotta get I gotta get rid of the ball in less than two seconds. Yeah. Okay, that's what it's gonna be. Derek Carr is not that guy. Like he's gonna hold the ball a little longer. He's he's got flaws. Like there's a reason why the Raiders got rid of him, right? He's got he's got these flaws. We're gonna see them. And he's a guy like he needs his offensive line to be yeah. above average. Like the six- well, I said it on the last recording is that like we lauded and we, we will laud our uh, embarrassment of skilled player riches. But we said at last pod was, you know, I don't care if you don't give Carr, you know, three seconds minimum to get rid of the ball. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who the hell's running yeah. out there, you know? And, uh, so and listen, yeah. like the Saints, I, I mean, they could have moved on from Pete, maybe, and 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 taken their medicine, and, instead of like, because next year I think his dead money is like thirteen million. Like they could have moved on from, but like I can't argue with anything they've done in the, the offensive line. They've kind of like they tr- they they signed Trey Turner. He blows up. He, he he gets injured one practice in. You can't help that. Like they have Saldivari, right? So they've. 
they've sort of built in, they try to build in these things. And the thing with the Saints offensive line is with, if Penning is good, if Penning beats out Hurst, you have six guys because you can plug Hurst in. You know, Hurst said today, look, I don't want to play left tackle. I like to play on the right side because the footwork is different. And as fans, we forget that. We're like, you just play anywhere on the line. It doesn't matter to me. Plug them wherever. I'm like, no. Yeah, just right? get over there. No, the, the footwork is like completely fucking different on one side to the other side. We as fans are telling the six foot six, 300 pound guy, come on, you push. Just get play, the hell over there. But like the thing that it gives the Saints is they have six offensive linemen. So they get one injury. They're okay. Problem for the Saints is the second the second injury, depending where it is, complete chaos. Agree, complete and utter chaos. And and so and so yeah. that's the thing. But like, if you're the like, what were the Saints like? What were they supposed to do? You know, if it goes that way, I would say I would say like, what were they supposed to do? Like they got Pete to come back and take a pay cut. Well, they drafted a guard. They signed a veteran guard the first day of camp. Like, they, what did you want them yeah. to do if the offensive line just stays injured? I mean, it's just it, it, it's bad luck, but it's also like time to get these injured assholes. You know what though? And but and, and to, to, to Dennis ball. Allen's credit, he has go, gone above and beyond this off season. You know, last season, Corey made a reference to it, you know, that the theme was we're going to stand pat, we're going to continue doing what we've been mm-hmm. doing, and it blew up in their fucking faces. This off season was the opposite. No, man. You know, Chris Richard, you're out of here. Difference in philosophy, yeah. whatever it is, you're gone. You know, the uh, Davenport, Onyemata, kick rocks. Let's bring in some new blood and let's load up positions that we need to load up on. So it's been a very encouraging off season yep. and training yeah. camp so far, so. Yep, one of my favorite phrases. You love to see yeah. it. <laughs> and here's the, here's my thing with the Saints is I try to think of like my preview for WWL. I, I don't like to like I'm not really into like going game by game and predicting a record. I try to like find like a theme and make it funny and all that. But my thing with the Saints this year is is you know, Eve is there's no excuses. And I, Gus Catnigo came on my podcast and he had a great slogan. For the part two, I forget it. It was like it was like you blow up or we're gonna blow you up. Because here's the thing: if the Saints <laughs> like, the, there's no excuses because of this. Is if they get injured again, Max, and and the offensive line is injured and they're injured a ton, like that's fucking three years in a row that you're injured and you're one of the yeah, oldest teams in the NFL. At that point, you have to say yeah. this team is injured all the time. Blow it up. Get out up out of here. We have to push the reset button. Yeah. We hate it. The nerds win. We have to blow it up. But no, because there's no, no excuses. But right? Yeah. You because that, that, that guy, Nick, Nick, whatever his fuck face was, uh I didn't mean to say fuck Nick, face, right? whatever the whatever his name was. Oh god. Yeah. I don't want to see that guy happy. Like, if I see that guy say, I told you so, I here's the thing though. I really think the thing that's going to be it's going to be hilarious and I'll probably get blocked a lot max on twitter i, I hope i hope i do is wait, wait, what did, what did uh, Salah say about if if they're not hating on you you're not popping that's right if you're about not the Aaron Rodgers on I think so there you go gonna, you're, what's going to yeah. happen is the nerds are going to if the saints win they're not going to be like oh the saints were winning never we were wrong we we're, we're, we're oh, wrong oh yeah they won't Mina Kynes is one of the one people she'll concede. She'll be like, she will. wrong. You know, she will, but most of them will not. And they'll just move the goalposts. And what will happen is, unless the Saints win the Super Bowl, they'll just say, oh, we told you. They, they weren't going to win a Super Bowl. You went, thir- you, went, you went 13 and four, right. and you only made the NFC right. Championship. Oh, they, you went thir- they didn't have enough to push it over went, the edge. You went 13 and four, you made the Super Bowl. You lost to Mahomes, exactly. and now you're 60 million over the cap. You're not built for long term success. Yeah, a, if you want to beat Mahomes, you can't be in cap yeah. trouble. It's just, like, and that's what they're yeah. going. That's what they're going to do. But we'll just laugh at them. Like, and here's here's the thing. And I know yeah, we're out of because this is my final yeah. thing. Rebuilding is for cowards. It is fraud. Boom. It's not fun. It it's not is, fun. Love love it. It is. It is. <laughs> Theft of our money, fans. Because because Arizona, they're not discounting tickets. The Bears, they're not fucking discounting tickets. 
the Colts, yeah. if they don't sign Jonathan Taylor, they're not discounting tickets. Like all these trash teams are not discounting nice. tickets and it's theft. And yep. the NFL is not. I mean, if, if you have a franchise quarterback, you're set for the long term. Everybody else is in a figure it out and maybe like the, for the Saints. They're they're in quicksand waiting for a like rope to be if, thrown to them. I mean, it falls right for the Saints. We might have three really fun years with Derek Carr. Like probably won't win a Super Bowl, but we might have like three playoff seasons and it'll be really fun. But like that's it. Like unless you have like an all-time quarterback, it's there's no there's no long-term plan. So well, look, Ralph. I know you got to go. I want to ask you one final question. <laughs> Give me your prediction, record-wise, and it just you don't have to go into any detail. I know this is preliminary because you're going to write a column at some point. And you're going to go into it on your own pod. But as of this moment, ahead. one weekend, six practices in. What do you, what are you feeling, record-wise? Twelve and five. Twelve and five. I like it. Twelve. That's fair. Twelve and like five, it. and. Like really, really nasty. De- like the Saints defense, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be nasty because here's why. Like games are going to be close, but the no, defense holds. I think the defense of- is going to crush. Like Brucey is going to be great, and if you have Lattimore and you have Taylor and you have a Debo, good. If good luck, because Dennis Allen. Got the Saints top fucking five second half of the year. And he didn't have Lattimore. And he didn't have a pass rush. He made a pass rush out of duct tape and Caden Ellis and Demario Davis. Like, if Lattimore is Lattimore and uh, Alante Taylor is a top 20-ish corner, good fucking luck. Like, I don't, like, good luck. Good luck. Because you're, you're, because all these court, all these, Look, that's all that's these bully bad ball, quarterbacks. That that's like Dennis Allen's going straight to up bully ball. Them a fucking live. Good luck. Twelve and five. <laughs> Twelve and five. Love it. Love yeah. it. <laughs> um, very last thing. So, you, big Saints history buff. Okay, let's take two seconds. Have you seen a, a ticket stub to the very first Saints game ever in a while? I haven't seen one in a while. But my family, my father and his grandfather. Oh wow, my father and his grandfather <laughs> were. They had Saints season tickets the first three years. They had super yeah, so incredible seats. Found this guy wow. cleaning out my grandfather's house. What's the price? Uh, he was there at Tulane Stadium. The price on it is... 18 bucks. Sick. This this is gate four. Let's see. Section HH, which... Uh, love those letters. Max knows why. Row nine, seat 10. Six dollars. <laughs> Ooh, that's probably so. Right there, that's and then, a third of right, my so drink. Okay, when I no. walk in the dome, my, I know it's unbelievable. Six dollars. So, okay, the other one tickets. I lo- season tickets, two tickets, a hundred bucks. They were fifty yard line, oh, fifth yeah. row. Unreal. Put it up there again. Okay, so my next one. I love Joel's dumbass bracket, Ralph. Oh yeah, and I especially love that. An old throwback made it all the way to the championship, John Meekham. Because yeah. the story, you know, I know you got to go, but <laughs> all right. So my, my grandfather, the ticket holder, was an attorney. One of his biggest clients was actually John Meekham Sr. Oh, wow. And so Pawpaw's, like my mom and her brothers got to just go to a shitload of Saints games, get owner's treatment. So did so you talked about a shitty John Meekham was as an owner worrying about football. You know what he you know how how much he had the audacity to be shitty at football, but the tickets to his box were literally the golden ticket. Yeah, dude, everything else. And so so this this right here is a ticket to the owner's box. It is an actual Saints golden ticket. Wow. <laughs> this is what this is so really Walker. No, like, I wanted to show you those. John Meekham, his parties, children's parties, were like he spent ridiculous amounts of money on the Saints, but he was terrible. And I like he was <laughs> he was twenty fucking 
26 it was, when he owned the team. 26. Yeah. 26. He was daddy's boy. He was da- His dad had, because my grandpa talked to his, act, his senior's accountant, and he used dad's money, oil money, all this shit. Senior had a chateau in France that he forgot about. My grandpa was in a meeting, and, there were, and the accountant's like, yeah, there's the chateau in a, whatever region of France, and Senior's like, what the hell are you talking about? Uh, Sir, your audit, I mean, the, the house that's in the thing, by the he's like, oh, <laughs> totally <laughs> forgot about that thing. And so, like, his son was partaking in this type of culture. You know? it's, it's, like, like, it's just incredible. Anyway, love y'all. Yeah, and, and again, Ralph, thank you again for jumping on with us tonight. You're welcome. Uh, great guys, time. Love, you love your show. Love uh, interacting with you guys on Twitter. Always a good time. And uh, just thanks again, man. We appreciate it. I can't wait. I can't, I can't, I can't yeah. wait. We need the first preseason. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's almost here. It's going to happen. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Ralph, thank you so much, my man. And uh, I'm sure we'll be interacting more we on will. Twitter. You and Darsaint at Darsaint at Saints Forecast. Look for the battles coming your way to a theater near you. But anyway, uh, thanks again for listening to another episode of the 28 to 3 podcast. What a comeback!